Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Leadership Excellence Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Easter. I'm an executive coach and a strong advocate of superior leadership. On this podcast, we explore the essence of leadership through interviews and dialogue and provide you with tangible steps you can take to improve your leadership performance. As a best-selling author, John Maxwell says, leadership is about one life influencing another. The stories, experiences, and wisdom you hear throughout each episode will inspire you to step up, lead, and influence those around you. I would like to welcome you to this episode of the Healthcare Leadership Excellence Podcast, the first one for the year 2024. Hope you had a marvelous holiday season, and I'd like to kick you off this year with three stories. They all go to the same point, but let's tell the stories and then we'll make the points. Again, just on a public speaking note, I love the phrase from the great uh, public speaking teacher, Roddy Galbraith, which said, who said, never tell a story without a point and never make a point without a story. So off we go. The first one I heard in a speech several months ago, and you've all heard of King Tut, I suppose, and I looked it up, and Tutankhamun is his lengthy name, Tutankhamun. That's a correct pronunciation according to Google. So let's go back about 120, about 117 years ago. 1907, a wealthy British uh, citizen by the name of George Herbert, contacted a Howard Carter, who was an Egyptologist. And he wanted to do some exploring in Egypt for King Tut's tomb. So he was quite wealthy. And so the Egyptologist, Mr. Carter, was more than welcoming of funding that allowed him to go and dig. And so dig they did. And they dug throughout various places in Egypt. And... They were successful in some areas, but they still hadn't found King Tut's tomb. So on they went to the Valley of the Kings, which was very famous. It had been excavated to a large degree at that time with superb success. And so off they went for five years, digging in the hot Egyptian sun, sand everywhere, and they found nothing. And they kept digging and they found nothing. And they'd excavated everywhere and they'd found nothing. And so finally, Herbert, the British explorer, wanted to pull the plug. A lot of money was going down the tubes and they hadn't found anything. And um, Carter, the Egyptologist, begged him for one more year. And so they looked and they considered and they tried to figure out what what were they missing. They'd excavated everywhere and in classic archaeological Uh, meticulousness they had mapped and drawn and they knew their spot the only place they hadn't dug is where they had their camp this little triangle section of egyptian desert in the valley of the kings they hadn't dug there so they moved their camp and within a week within a week they found the first steps that eventually led down to the tomb that has now been shown, the the remains of which have been shown throughout the world, right under their feet for five years. Right there, 
but no one thought it was under their camp. So let's go to um, the example, which is called um, Acres of Diamonds. There was um, an excellent author uh, back in the day, um, and his name was Russell Conwell. And Conwell gave this talk called, the speech called Acres of Diamonds. And he was, a, Cornwell was um, the founder of Temple University and was a famous speaker in his day. And he tells a story of some travels that he had. And we're not sure if it's allegorical or true, but um, the point is the same. There's various opinions. Some say it's true. Some say it's just a story. But nonetheless, it teaches a marvelous lesson. There was a Persian farmer that had heard rumors of diamonds that had been found in mountains with deep valleys with um, rivers running through them. And he went to his priest and his priest, priest corroborated that, yes, there were acres of diamonds out there and that the stories were true, that people were finding them. They were in white sand in rivers, between mountains. So the farmer goes, he sells everything. And sadly, he wanders through Europe trying to find, he, he goes through the Middle East, he heads up into Europe. And finally, in desperation, um, on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, plunges into the sea and kills himself because he's penniless, hopeless, has lost everything. Now, the man who bought the farm um, was not looking for diamonds. And you can probably see where this story is going, but hang with me here. He was leading his horse through the mountains uh, on his farm and came to a creek, mountains on both sides, with white sand. And the horse lowers his head to drink and... The farmer's holding him by the reins, and he looks down and sees this flashingly bright, beautiful stone with hues of the rainbow as lights come through it. And he takes it home, puts it on the mantle in his home. And the same priest who had told the previous owner about the mountains with rivers coming through white sand was the same priest who now comes to this second farmer's home, looks on the mantle and says, where did you find that diamond? And the man says, oh, it's down in the creek where I water my horses. There are lots of them down there, but this is one of the prettier ones. And the interesting thing is the priest didn't change his story. He told the first farmer of rivers running through mountains with white sand, but the man didn't check his own property. He thought, got to go find it. And so he sold and off he went. The second, who was not interested in diamonds at all, found that river between the mountains with white sands and found the diamond. And this diamond mine turned out to be one of the most profitable, profitable diamond mines in history. That's story number two. Story number three is a little closer to home. This happened in California. This is an actual true story. 
California gold rush. So man hears that there's gold in California. So off he off off he goes. But unfortunately, he heard that there's gold in Southern California, and he was in Northern California. So he sells his ranch to Colonel Sutter, who found who was the owner of Sutter's Mill. And one day, Sutter's daughter brought in some sand that had been taken from under the millstones in the Sutter's Mill. And in that sand, they saw the first flecks of gold. On that parcel alone was taken of what the man sold to Colonel Sutter. Colonel Sutter and his family took out of that area, that property, $38 million, which in the late 1840s, early uh, 1850s, was quite a sum of money. In today's equivalent, it would be over $1 billion, B for billion, dollars. So the original owner, he just, he didn't look. He just went to Southern California where there had been rumors of gold. And a few months later on his very property, over a billion dollars in current was found. So we have the story of Egypt. We have the story of the Middle East and we have the story out of California. What's the theme that I'm trying to get across here? The theme is this. As we start this new year, and there's all sorts of, we've all heard New Year's resolutions. We've heard how important they are uh, and how many times futile they become because we don't pay attention to them. So as you're thinking of what's going to make your 2024 absolutely blow away successful and effective, could you remember the team in Egypt? Could you remember the farmer in the Middle East? Could you remember the miner in California? They had exactly what they needed, but they looked in the wrong place to develop it. Most people, when I talk to them as an executive coach or as an organizational consultant, they're always looking for the new thing. They're wanting something new and different. And sometimes that's absolutely what they need to have. But we found that instead of developing our gap areas, it's more effective to address our stellar areas and use that as a leverage for the gap areas. So whether it's King Tut's tomb, whether it's diamonds or whether it's gold, I want you to look at yourself this year, 2024. This isn't... If you remember our last podcast from last year, this isn't a Hallmark card. This isn't to go write down 40 goals that you want to do in 2024. In fact, if um, if you have any more than three, you're not going to do too well this year. Just just keep it keep it simple. Keep it small in regards to the number of goals you're going after. But look for your diamonds. Look for your gold. Look for the King Tut's tomb in your 2024 what do you do really well if we you and i were sitting and talking right now what would you tell me if i said what do you what do you do well 
Now, when I ask people what they do poorly, oh, they can give me chapter and verse. They can give me examples. But when I ask them what they do well, they look around, they look down, they look everywhere. But at me, they hate to talk about what they do well. Many times I have to do a 360 on them or talk to their colleagues, talk to members of their family who can tell me that John Doe does this really well. And you ask John Doe about it, and again, they're looking everywhere but at you or at me because they, they hate to compliment themselves. I'm not asking you to compliment yourself. I'm asking you to give me good, strong data of what you do well. What's your gold? What's your diamonds? What's your King Tut's tomb? And then around that, in the magnificent counsel of the author uh, of Atomic Habits, James Clear, what's the process you're going to use? The process, not the goal, but the process that you're going to use to polish those diamonds and find that gold. And I want you to take some time as you start this year to look at your processes. Just don't focus so much on the goal. Focus on the process that's going to make that goal. Focus on finding that white sand river in between the mountains on your property. Look in the creek on your mining claim. Look underneath your feet in, in your Egyptian desert. Look where you haven't dug. Look where those talents came from. So this podcast today is pretty short because I want you to think about those stories. And I want you to maybe replay this podcast so you get those stories in your head. And think, when I, I'm stuck on an area, I was stuck in 2023, and I had a great holiday season, but I'm still stuck. I don't like to start 2024 stuck. Look under your feet. Look what you do well. Leverage that. We're going to have some great episodes this year. I've already recorded several, and the guest list we have coming up is impressive. You're going to learn well. But I'd like you to tie that learning to what you do well, what you bring, what you work on. If I was asking you, why should you join my team, that you could tell me how you'd add value to me and my organization, just like I hope I would add value to yours. I look forward to working with you this year. I look forward to having you as a listener on this podcast of learning from the incredible array of people that we're going to have this year as we interview and help people refine their leadership. So again, go after your diamonds, go after your gold, go after that King Tut's tomb, do something spectacular, identify the strengths, look what treasures you have underneath your feet. And I look forward to walking that path with you this year. Best of success to you in 2024. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We greatly appreciate your support and would be grateful if you could take a moment to leave a review for us on any of our platforms. Your feedback helps us expand our reach and impact more individuals. If you know a colleague who would benefit from listening and learning from leadership experts, we encourage you to share this podcast with them. Also, we'd like to invite you to use the link in the show notes to contact us for more information on our coaching, C-suite meeting facilitation, and leadership training programs. Thank you again for listening. Until we meet again, keep learning and leading with excellence.